welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here once again uh, on the Outsports Podcast Network. And um, obviously, if you listen to the show or follow pro wrestling, even tangentially, you know what has been happening over the past week with uh, the hashtag speaking out movement, um, highlighting um, upwards of 70 people within the pro wrestling industry, probably more at this point, new names seem to be announced every day that have been accused of truly heinous acts um, by a number of people inside and outside of the pro wrestling industry. And um, it's something that I, I don't know. I don't even know where, how to even start talking about this in, in a lot of ways, but it is a discussion that, needs to be had, especially considering what to do moving forward uh, to help keep these things from happening in the first place. And my um, guest this week is someone who is looking to to do just that. She is a host of uh, Women's Wrestling Weekly on AfterBuzz TV. She's also a backstage interviewer for Championship Wrestling from Arizona. Um, and she is also one of the people forming the Safe Wrestling Collective um, to address issues that have been brought up through the speaking out movement going forward in the industry. Um, one, Emily May Heller. Emily, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm hanging in there. Thank you so much for having me. No, thank you so much for, for coming on. You know, I mean, I think everybody's kind of been thrown uh, for at least some form of loop in in following this, just seeing the just the sheer amount of people that are speaking out about their experiences, speaking about, about people that they know their experiences um, and just seeing really just this massive fallout that we've seen um, in the pro wrestling industry based off of these allegations that have come out. Um, yeah. Um, I'm curious before we get into talking about the safe wrestling collective, because I'm very interested to, to discuss the, that um, with you. What were what have you? How have you been holding up um, amidst all of this? Like watching everything happen since last Wednesday. Yeah, I've been doing okay. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm doing great, but I think I'm taking it day by day because my focus right now is, you know, hearing the stories and making sure that people feel like we're listening. And so I'm taking this moment to reflect and to listen if someone wants to talk. And it's, it's one of those things that can be so overwhelming to just hear all of these stories of people that you know, of people that you look up to, of, of people that you call friends having these incidences happen to them. So it can be quite overwhelming and quite upsetting. And so I think for me, it was important to take a step back and say, it's, this is happening for a reason. This is a moment in time that we need to address. So really it has been, it's been difficult and I'm just trying to be as supportive as, as possible to everyone going through this right now. No, and I think that's the right attitude to have. I know that you know, a number of people in the industry have been 
you know, offering their support to a lot of people, a number, like, I think everybody around wrestling has, has been mm-hmm. really trying their best, I think, to, you know, to support the survivors of, of all of these um, incidents that we're seeing play out. And I'm, I'm with you. And in some ways it's like, while, you know, reading and, and just looking through and, and trying to cover all of the allegations and stories that have been released. Uh, it's it, the, the, the mental health, the strain on mental health in some ways, I don't like there's, there's a phrase we we've used multiple times on the show that like, it's not a contest um, when it comes to trauma, but mm-hmm. it's hard to really, at least for me personally, it's hard to reconcile like me feeling the mental health strain of looking at these and covering these things and feeling it be anywhere comparable to what these men, women and non-binary people have been going through um, with just holding on to these stories and having the power to share these. And, you know, and, and it's just, uh, God, I've, I've, I'm with you. I've had to, I've had to take multiple times where I just had to just take myself away from everything. Yeah, exactly. And I've, and I've noticed like, and I've, I had this experience myself as, as someone that has a story to tell, but isn't, quite ready to say it publicly because it is a very private and emotional and very triggering moment and thing to go through to come out and say that something happened to you. And so everyone coming out from all the communities are incredibly brave and have incredible, just, just are so brave. And so I commend them for coming out and the way I see it is we have to, we have to listen. And what I, what I realize is like the mental health aspect of it is so important because, you know, everyone, there's a lot of people that if they do come forward, they get attacked or they get, they get messages of, you know, saying things aren't true or people not wanting to listen. And there's a lot of anger and there's so much emotion And so really, we just have to make sure that we are grounded in how we react, especially online, because so many, so many individuals can hide behind a screen and hide behind that, that screen and that, you know, just hide behind that and not have, um, and, and feel like they can say whatever they want. And we have to realize that we have to be kind and we have to address the allegations and like investigate them and make sure that we like are having follow-up to this, to whatever is put out there. And so there's, there's a balance of making sure that we're protecting people and protecting these stories, but also making sure that we aren't just speaking in anger all the time because we can speak in anger all the time and keep continually trying to say all these horrible things online and just be so mad but that isn't productive so I'm trying to balance like the mental health perspective of like taking too much in can be overwhelming you got to take a moment take a breath and then like I'm very like a very rational person in the sense of like I have to have a logical plan of action. And so I like immediately went was went to how can I how can I figure out what to do and how can I help everyone? 
So that's kind of how I have been trying to to handle everything. Yeah, and and it's a, it's, I mean that's probably the, one of the healthier ways to be able to to tackle a lot of this stuff. So, um, but and and I think that the the idea of the Safe Wrestling Collective is a very good way to address a lot of this stuff. Um, and I really want to talk to you about that a lot um, here today. But before we do, um, I guess we should catch um, people up uh, that have taken that time away if they have and and really kind of look at some of the stuff from a broader perspective of just what the industry is is going through right now. Um, obviously, this all kind of started uh, last Wednesday with um, allegations levied against David Starr um, by multiple women. And that kind of just opened up everything. It, it mm-hmm. opened up the floodgates. And uh, we saw a, a, at first it was a vast number of people in the British indie scene um, that quickly spread to independence in, in North America. Um, and then it started going into major uh, promotions here in America and abroad. You know, I think there's, I can't think of a single major pro wrestling organization that has not had one person um, in their ranks touched by this, whether it be um, a a survivor or someone accused. Um, And I I can't like, I mean, there's notable names in this, you know, we talked, we spoke about David Starr earlier. We have, you know, people like Jordan Devlin, Matt Riddle in WWE. Um, even just recently, I think last night, Keith Lee posted his own story about, um, you know, being a survivor of abuse. Um, we have people in AEW. Um, there's people in NWA, Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. Progress, uh, Major League Wrestling. Even like there's even been a, a renewal of issues with, with Will Ospreay in New Japan. Um, with some of the stuff with with uh, that he's alleged of with uh, in terms of blacklisting um, wrestlers in the UK, um, where how from looking at everything as it's played out over the past few days, um, and also I I've even neglected to mention as we're rec- right before we started recording, we're seeing a mass exodus of wrestlers from Chikara as well. Yeah, that broke um, today. Yeah, so like, I think most of that roster has, has severed ties with that company. So I I, I, I want to get your feeling, like, watching all of this play out. Like, what was your initial reaction to the star allegations? And then seeing this, like, continually branch out and touch all of the other major and, and independent organizations that we've seen it touch so far. I mean, from – so I've been around – so I started kind of in the business – in 2009 i started as kind of like a a wrestling manager for my for my boyfriend now husband and so i've been in the business for a while i've seen like multiple kind of the inside and outside part of of what it takes to have a have a have a training center and have shows put on and kind of you know what it's like in the locker room and I'm not, when you look at all of these allegations coming out, in a sense, I'm not surprised because these types of things happen because we're, because the wrestling industry is such a vulnerable, like you're in such a vulnerable state. 
you have you have high stakes, you have lots of athletes who are training all the time, you know, especially women, there's 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 stakes there and you're in a very creative atmosphere and so I'm not surprised that that these allegations came out when they did. You know, there's always like there's always been those those, you know, like as a woman in the industry, like you always have feeling a feeling of like something might not be right with this person or this or you get a weird feeling talking to this promoter or this this person or this talent, um, this other wrestler. And like, you have to kind of follow your gut. And right now, like, we're also going through like the COVID-19 pandemic. So right now it's a moment of, of deep reflection for a lot of individuals because we're not having wrestling shows uh, or we're having like, you know, obviously WWE and AEW are doing, you know, uh, empty arena matches um, with like limited audience members. But so right now we have so much, we're not doing any shows. So we're at a loss of, you know, it's kind of like a moment that the wrestling industry needs because we're going through this big reflection, this time of reflection in multiple aspects of our lives. Mm. It's interesting that like the, the timing of this, uh it brings up some questions because I've seen some, not necessarily the, the the questioning, the timing of everything. Like obviously people speak out whenever they need to speak out. You know, that's, that's something that I yeah. think it should, it should go without being said, but it needs mm-hmm. to be said based and off a, of, sorry. Yeah, and a lot, No, it's fine. And a lot of these rumors, like, and everyone's like, unfortunately, like I know a lot of the people that have been accused and I'm not going to name names, but I know that it's, these rumors have been around for a while and then and it's like when do you take action and how do you take action and a lot of this has been people talk behind door behind closed doors about it but like it was never public and so how do you not not like not with me i'm not saying like i had these conversations but i just it's like it was a time where like it was a breaking point like it's happened to almost every sports industry right now. It's happened to the film industry. It's and it was a matter of time. And I think it's a time for us to really take action. Mm-hmm. And so I'm 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 glad it's happening. And it's gonna be hard and it's gonna be rough and it's gonna be like it's gonna be so scary and it's so frustrating and there's so like I said, there's a mix of emotions but we have to like, we have to do it together. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, it's, in, it's interesting to look at some of the, the reactions from people in the industry as well. Cause like, I know some people I've seen some people voice that like, they wish they could wrestle at this point, just because like it's a, a solace in it. Um, and maybe finding some, some level of comfort but even then like so many other people are talking about like falling out of love with the industry questioning their intentions for getting into the industry now or just knowing what it's become or not even necessarily what it's become because we we've heard stories like this going dating mm-hmm. back to like the 70s yeah like, even probably further than that like this is not a new thing like mm-hmm. a lot of the allegations that have come out are stuff that has been brewing for decades at this point yeah you know 
So, like, this isn't a, a now problem. This is a, this is an ongoing problem. And one of the major things that's really been focused on is training schools, um, because you know a number of the allegations that have come out have really centered around the power dynamics within training uh, facilities, um, both in North America and in in the UK. Um, what what are your feelings regard regarding that? Just knowing, like you being around the industry as you have, um, do you feel like that is like a a fundamental problem within the industry as a whole, or do you feel like these things are more like segmented to where we're seeing right them come out right now in terms of allegations? So I think the training schools and training centers have a huge part to do with the problem because you to be a wrestler you're you have to trust your trainers you have to trust the community in which you're surrounding yourself with and when you're first starting out and some of these stories you hear were where wrestlers started training at 18 19 or even even younger you're so vulnerable you're still growing growing into the person that you're supposed to be and you need to trust trust the people around you and make sure that you have a good foundation starting out and i think that there that there needs to be you know a a reevaluation of how these schools are created who runs these schools and how 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 they like how they bring wrestlers on and like who they hire and that would help hopefully help this help this uh this issue Mm -hmm. no i mean yeah you're speaking truth honestly like i think because like we've seen so we've seen this this sort of power dynamic like you said, in so many other industries, really become a, a problem overall. Like any time that you have, like it's so easy to have something like that devolve into into predatory practices. And if if you're not hiring and and vetting the right people to be mm-hmm. in those positions, and and you know, with wrestling being as insular as it is, and and you know, the nature of it being a, so protective mm-hmm. about its truths for the longest time, like. Um, I don't know. It feels like a very much a, a population that you know, up until probably the last ten to fifteen years, really um, was so much more intensely self-protective and self-preservatory than other entertainment industries have been. Yeah, I mean, I I can definitely see that, and I feel like because every school is different. In every city and every area, like in, you know, the United States is different than the UK. Like, like everyone, like there's basic wrestling foundational practices that you obviously are going to know when you uh, start a school and run a school. But there should also be like, they should be grounded in ethics and like a code of conduct. And even like there should be like certifications that like you reached a certain point in your level of professionalism and your level within the wrestling industry so that we can, so that this school is like 
is trusted and we know that. And like, as you said, they need to be vetted and it's, it's like, it's been like the secret society, like the wrestling industry has been like the secret society where people know things are happening, but it's not being talked about. And I think we need to evaluate every aspect of it in order to make it better. No, you're not wrong. And I think that that's probably been the most powerful thing outside of, you know, just all of the survivors finding their voice and being mm-hmm. able to put, put their voices out there is the fact that we've seen so many people start to really question these power structures and question how to better protect people that are in the industry and that are coming into the industry as, as well. I mean, you're doing this with the Safe Wrestling Collective. We've seen, you know, a number of people start to form kind of like loose um not say organizations, but loose like um, channels of communication for like protecting people during the travel and, Mm -hmm. you know, people questioning, like, you know, there's been a lot of talk about establishing a universal code of conduct. I know a number of organizations have released um, new codes of conduct or, or pledges to, to make new codes of conduct. We've seen a lot of companies restructure their offices and, and their leadership in response to this, uh, probably most notably being progress in the UK. Um, and then also a number of companies have stated, you know, that they are conducting internal investigations um, regarding all, a lot of the claims. And we've seen a number of firings and suspensions um, of wrestlers based off of this um, while those are going on. Um, also in the UK, we're starting to see some police involvement as well. Um, and all of this kind of speaks to just a better um, a better response and, and protective uh, element going forward. And all of that is kind of being addressed, um, I think, by, from what I've seen with the Safe Wrestling Collective. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the the idea behind it, what kind of pushed you. Obviously, everything that's happened has pushed you to, to form this, but what really pushed you yourself to to take it upon yourself to, to put this out, put this together for, for the community as a whole? It's a, that's a pretty big, a big question. Because yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I come from a, a background, a, you know, of a producing background and a performance background and in, in wrestling and other ways. And so it's, it's one of those things that, that I, I do have a past of like, other of like harassment and abuse in my own life and part of the trigger for me this this past the past few weeks is that I don't want it to happen to anyone else and I don't want it to happen like we need we need to stop it and so part of this was like me coming to terms with my own past and making sure that I have things in place that can help other people so that it doesn't happen to anyone again. So I, you know, so, so my husband's been a wrestler for like 10, 10 plus years. And I was literally up all night for weeks since it, since it broke. And I was so emotional. Like I wasn't getting any sleep. I was hearing all these stories, you know, as we, we talked about our mental health and it was not great for me. And, you know, with his help, I I talked to him and like, I said, Hey, what can we do? Like, I need to do something. I need to put something into action. 
So I, I was like, you know what, let's have a place, let's create an organization that can create and implement policies against all of this harassment and all of this sexual misconduct and discrimination in the wrestling industry specifically. And I know that there's other industries within the within sports and film that are dealing with this as well. But I was like, let's focus on the wrestling industry. In my past, I've you know, with Women's Wrestling Weekly on AfterBuzz TV, I've had so many interviews with women who say that there's not enough women in the industry. There's not enough women that are in high-level executive creative positions that are making the calls for writing, that are making the calls for production, that are backstage in the locker room. Like there was, there's, there's hundreds of shows that I've been to that there's maybe one or two women on the card. And then in the locker room, there's even, there's even less, or even on the production side, there's even less. And I have felt this way for a really long time that this needed, that we needed to change this, that we needed to have women and, and other, other um, other people of diverse backgrounds um, that can make this change because how are we going to have a diverse set of voices and diverse storytelling and diverse moments in wrestling if we don't have these this this wonderful group to help build that and so part of the the safe wrestling collective and our thought behind it is that we can foster this diversity and we cre- we can create a safe environment where we can talk about what's happening day to day in our everyday lives in the wrestling industry so we can talk about what's happening in shows in chicago or on the east coast or what's happening in texas or what's happening in san francisco we can also what i'm working on is also reaching out to the UK audience and Australia and other countries that are having this, this issue as well. Um, part of our goal as well is, and, and part of the plan of action that we're implementing in the next few weeks is to have regional representatives in every major region of wrestling. So uh, across the United States, um, I'm working on representatives from the UK, and part of this, w- and and I want them all to be women and people of color and and LGBTQ communities because how are we supposed to build a diverse group if we don't have this representation? So, so the goal is to have these representatives across the United States and in other regions in order to implement these policies against harassment and against discrimination so that these schools that might not understand or know how to do it, that we can be there to help. And it's also a voice for women to go to this representative and say, hey, I feel uncomfortable here or something's not right here. Can you help us? And so really we want to be this voice for the community, that they can feel safe, they can come to us and feel like their voice is being heard. And then we can help follow up with them and kind of come up with a form of action. So whether it's they need to, you know, obviously go to law enforcement in their community and handle it that way. Is it a policy and 
plan of action with, with the school or with the company. And so, so we're, we're working all of that out so that we can make sure that there's a unified community of promoters and of talent and of companies who all agree to this code of conduct and to these policies so that we can kind of create a unified front for the cause. Mm. No, that's, that's all really great to hear. You know, I, I think that having a, a diverse coalition is needed. Uh, especially in in pro wrestling now, um, you know, whenever mm-hmm. we've already we've seen so many you know promotions and let's face it, a lot of people in the industry reflect those uh, those communities as well. You know, here on the show, like we highlight LGBTQ pro wrestling mostly. I'd say probably ninety nine percent of the time because like it doesn't get as much highlight and and the fact that mm-hmm. you that we have a a, a collective like this a, a an association that's willing to put people uh, from that background and so many other backgrounds that have been marginalized within the industry over the course of it, the majority of its existence um, is long overdue. And, and I commend you for that. Um, you, you talked about like building these relationships with, with promotions and organizations. Obviously I, I spoke earlier about a number of organizations putting out statements about, you know, looking at their power structures and looking at their codes of conduct and everything. Do you feel like an organization like the, the Safe Wrestling Collective is something that was, that is like long overdue in terms of like its necessity when it comes to looking at these promotions and, and holding them to task with some of this stuff? Like, do you, or better yet, better question. Do you feel like, this is needed to make sure that those um, promises are kept. Yes, I think there, I think it's like a twofold answer that that yes, that each school is going to and, and company is going to have their specific code of conduct. A lot of them have come out already, but I but part of our goal is yes, it's it's long overdue in the sense of we need to make sure that they are upholding these standards because part of what we need to make sure is that if a wrestler, like it's not only the company that needs to have code of conduct, but it's the wrestlers and talent and on air and producers and crew that need the, the kind of the rules and code of conduct as well, because we need to hold the individuals within that because they're representing the company. So just like you're at a company, you know, just like you're at a specific company and you sign your like employee contract you need to sign this agreement that you will follow these rules within the organization. Um, so like the goal with the Safe Wrestling Collective is we want to make sure that that promoters and that companies and, pro- and producers can come to us and that, that we're an ally. So we want to be an ally for these promoters to say, hey, we want to do, we want to be better. We want to make a difference. We want to make sure that our policies are working. And I know I've seen a lot of companies come forward saying that they were going to have like a, a show day liaison, which I think is is great. But we also have to go above and beyond that. And so part of what the Safe Wrestling Collective will do is make sure that that we have a unified front, but also try to figure, you know, every region and state is going to be different. But making sure that we can be supportive and be like a positive change, uh, by, but also 
making sure that we're we're firm in our stance of making sure that this doesn't uh, doesn't happen again and doesn't doesn't affect our community again. How has interest from from the industry been so far at, since you've announced the the SWC? You know, I, I it's been it's been super positive. And, you know, a lot of individual wrestlers have messaged us and said, you know, I want to be involved. I want to help out. We've had a lot of fans come forward as well and say that they want to help. And so right now we're kind of navigating the waters. And, you know, I just want to open it up that, you know, I want promoters to come and talk to us. I want them to, you know, come to us and say, you know, hey, we, we need some help. You know, because there's there's a whole spectrum and level of professionalism that I think we all need to learn and we all need to practice. And so we're 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 navigating that and trying to help guide guide these companies. Um, so like we've had um, we've had a lot. We're getting some representatives in, uh, in place and figuring that out in specific regions across the United States. So I'm, I'm excited to kind of implement that and see how that goes. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I want to open it up. So as many people that want to be involved and to ask for our assistance, like we're, we're here to make a difference. So, um, yeah, so, so far it's been positive. <laughs> oh, that's, that's really good to hear. Um, and as I, once again, like, I don't know if I can commend you enough, like for, for putting this together uh, along, um, along with everybody else that is lending their voice and, and contributing yeah, to, to this. It's been incredible to see just so many people want to be involved in every aspect. And so, you know, I've had people reach out for, you know, um, people with HR backgrounds and with legal backgrounds. And it's been so incredible to see that people really want to make this difference. And I'm, I'm excited to see it. And uh, it's a long time. Long time coming. <laughs> no, definitely. And, and and speaking to that, actually, I've seen that reminds me, there's been a lot of other discussion amongst, you know, some promoters that I've seen, some wrestlers that I've seen about building this compendium of resources so that if something like this does happen again, like we have something to present to people that are facing this that makes it mm -hmm. feel less overwhelming you know whether it be law enforcement local organizations that deal with um with like domestic violence or or sexual abuse or, or anything like that um do, do you is that something that that you're also looking to to build like sort of like a a, a, a yeah, resource, a resource. Guide? yeah so yeah that's one that's one of our major action items actually so the resource guide we are going to work with like hr and legal teams to make that um, applicable to each region. And then we're also working and having conversations with uh, UK communities in order to, to figure out their health system and make that, uh, make that kind of manual and kind of resource guide as well. Because if we can make a, a huge resource guide for a, for a company and promotion that they can give to their talent and say, hey, this is, this is for you um, because there's so much out there. And then how do you, how do you, so really our work is to like get through the weeds for these companies. So like, we're going to get through all of like, all of the stuff that's so overwhelming so that we can just make it easy to pass off to you guys. 
And so that is one thing that we think is important. And because mental health and like abuse hotlines and like domestic abuse, like all, all of that is so important to make sure that you feel like you have a support system and have the right people to go to. So that is definitely something we're working on. Mm -hmm. um, I'm curious about the your interaction so far with the UK scene. Obviously, there mm -hmm. are some definite challenges there in terms of you know differences in policy and laws and and stuff from from the US. What has been the the response from the UK so far, and and what has been um, some of the the more pressing challenges that you've seen trying to work out how to approach these issues in, in the UK to this date? Yeah, so we're still in the preliminary stages of figuring that out. Right now, we're kind of in the research and mobilization phase. So we're just trying to get as much information on what the what the health services programs are in the UK, kind of what the kind what it what the rules are when you put on a wrestling show, kind of like we have the sports commission, like how in, in the United States, like how that works in the UK, kind of figuring out what, what those regulations are and then how we need to adjust them accordingly to make it, make it safer for, for the talent. Okay. I mean, I mean, obviously that, it's a whole, it's in some ways a whole different beast. It is. There. It's like a whole other, like, it's a whole other, like a whole other sub project. So like, it's, it's not, yeah. So we're not only addressing this, everything in the United States, but the UK is like a whole other, a whole other beast that we have to, that we have to figure out. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, from, from what I've seen though, so far, the response has been the, this, just the size of the response. And it, it feels like there's definitely uh, people over there that are looking for, for something like this as well. Um, so yeah, I think that's, it's great to hear that this is kind of branching out into, you know, over overseas in, in mm -hmm. that way as well. Obviously you, you have a, your, your plan of action in place. You have, you have people that you're, that you've had reach out to you, people that you're reaching out to setting up the, the structure of everything right now, looking down the line. Um, what, what is your, maybe not ultimate goal, but what's like your, like, first sort of like milestone goal that you want to see come out of the, this, uh, the formation of the SWC and your, and the work that it does? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest, the biggest milestone I can see right now that I want to complete is creating our kind of our board of representatives that will be like the face of the collective within the United States in specific regions. So, you know, we're not making those people public yet. Um, but I, once we get that in place, like I think having, having those people as in the forefront and on the ground to, to kind of, you know, implement these policies and make sure that they're working. And then I think another goal of mine would be to get, you know, 50 promotions across the United States to adopt and to partner with the Safe Wrestling Collective to make sure that we have a unified, unified policies and unified kind of stances on, you know, harassment and discrimination. So like my goal is like 50, 50 promotions. So if you guys are hearing this, if you guys want to get involved, <laughs> I'm throwing it out there. Uh, I mean, throw it out there because we need like everybody 
like we need something like this. I think for the longest time, like you know, the uh, the story about pro wrestling has been like you know very self regulatory, and obviously that has failed multiple mm-hmm. times um, yeah. over the course of its history. So I'm glad that you know even if it's like just any amount of oversight at this point or any amount of just making people feel like they have a place to go to, to talk about this stuff, because I think that's one of the major things I've pulled from a lot of these conversations is that people just don't know where to go or who Mm -hmm. to talk to when it comes to these sort of things. Exactly. And I think there's also, there's also a feeling of, you know, what I've learned in the, in the past week or so has been a lot of, People don't feel comfortable going to their family or talking to their friends. So having a third party kind of like in the middle, neutral collective and organization that, that anyone can go to and say, Hey, we're having this issue. I feel like makes it hopefully makes it not as daunting and not as like frightening and lessens the anxiety of coming forward. You know, and I feel like with tweeting it and with putting it on Instagram and all over, like that's such that that lessens the burden a little bit, but you get a lot of a lot. You feel like you're getting attacked. And so we're trying to prevent also that from happening. So it's a worthy cause. It's it's a worthy cause. And I'm <laughs> yeah. very, yeah, I'm very happy that that this is happening. And, you know, whether it's the Safe Wrestling Collective or, or any any other group that that forms something like this on a regional basis like that this is something that is long that like i've said before is long overdue and and i'm very glad that there are people organizing to help prevent this stuff from happening Um, yeah i know there's tons of i know there's tons of uh groups and facebook groups out there that are like helping with with uh you know travel like if you're traveling to a region you know, making sure you're safe. And like, I think it's like, you need your swim buddy, you need your buddy, that's going to help you get through this. Uh, and I'm so glad that there's other people mobilizing, you know, I'm not the only one like I have, we have a, a group of 30 people that are on board ready to go. So, you know, I'm just so lucky that people want to want to help with this. And, you know, I'm so happy that other other women out there are taking charge. And I and we we need that right now. Oh, definitely, definitely. Well, Emily, um, thank you so much for for coming on the show and and talking about this with with me today. I know it's a very difficult topic, but hopefully, um, work can be done to keep these conversations from having to be held in the future. Um, let let everybody know where they can find you online and where they can get involved with the Safe Wrestling Collective if if they would like to. Yeah. So thank you again for having me on. I I really do appreciate it. And you all can follow me personally on all social media platforms at Emily May Heller. That's M-A-E. And you can follow the Safe Wrestling Collective at Safe Wrestling Co. on Twitter and Instagram. And we have our website up as well, the safewrestlingcollective.org. And you can sign up to get involved on the website. And yeah, so we, and we also... Um, are going to be sharing some information about just everything coming up. So all, all the, all the initiatives we have going on. So, and if you have an, if you have an expertise in a specific area that you want to help us with, we are all for it. So uh, we're, we're all for all the help. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you again, Emily. Yes. Thank you. 
my thanks once again to Emily for coming on the show. Um, once again, uh, you can follow her on Twitter at Emily May Heller. Um, and if you are interested in learning more about the Safe Wrestling Collective or wanting to get uh, involved in some way, you can definitely uh, follow them on Twitter um, at Safe Wrestling Co. Um, they have a Facebook group up and running right now for people to join, and um, if you want to reach out to them directly, they have an email address up on their Twitter page, but I'll give it to you here as well, uh, safewrestlingcollective at gmail.com. Website is safe, safewrestlingcollective.org. Um, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, these are these are tough things to wade through. They're very very emotional and um, they're hard. But um, once again, before we leave for the week, um, I have to commend all of the survivors that are speaking out, all of the ones that are not letting silence rule them anymore. And and I know that these this is hard, and, and um, we here at LGBT in the Ring, um, we believe survivors, and um, yeah, this is, I have a feeling that we're not out of the woods yet by a long shot, but, you know, spotlights are needed, and this was one hell of a big one, and hopefully wrestling can change for the better. And truly make it a place for for everyone to feel safe within its walls. Um, but that's going to do it for us this week on the show. Um, like always, though, we do have a few thank yous that we have to say before we get out of here. Um, starting off with Daniel Quasar. Uh, the Progress Pride flag designed by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at quasar.digital. And of course, a big thank you to uh, Sarah and the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666. That's off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band. And you can check out their music on Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahandthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at WonderboyOTM. You can follow the show on Twitter at LGBTRingPod. Um, and, you know, if you're into video games, I do also co-host a gaming news uh, program with a couple of my friends and I'll be frank uh, the gaming industry is having its own hashtag speaking out movement right now as well um, you know that that whole thing that has been happening almost concurrently with with the pro wrestling scene um, in terms of people feeling that they have found their voice to speak out about this stuff and, and it's it's hard. like I said before it's hard but it's needed and it's good to see that all of this stuff is coming to light, but um, that show, uh, the Mr. Video Game Super Show, that airs live every Monday, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over on twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment, uh, sun, S-U-N. Um, and, yeah, uh, with that being said, um, you know, the regular sign-off, I feel like the regular sign-off hasn't really felt proper more weeks than than it has. Um, 
in the last month, month and a half or so. So, um, in lieu of that, uh, we'll see you next week. Believe survivors. Survivors are valid.